Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weiriger and Harav Nissen. It is always a schuss and an honor to be able to help create a little awareness in the mental health field. The number to call your question or to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And again, we look forward to taking your questions and your comments along the mental health field. We just ask two requests that... It should be family-appropriate because we've got children from the, about the ages of eight and older listening. And we also ask that it shouldn't be a parenting question, anything under the age, questions regarding the kids' ages of eight and below. But other than that, with the greatest of pleasure, we'd love to create the awareness and to help that. Along those lines, I just would like to start with at least a simcha and a mazel tov to my very special brother-in-law, to Toby and Rami Grossman, on the simcha of their wedding of their youngest brother, Tzvi. Tzvi Grossman and Mazeltov, their parents of Zelig, Mr. and Mrs. Grossman, and to the family, Mayor family from Muncie. Mazeltov, may we all continue to share up Simchas. So, Rav Nissen, who would we, what would you like to go to? Should we go to from the messages that we're getting? Should we start with Mr. Y? We'll start with Mr. Y, and then uh, you have the chance to read the, the long message that we're sending. I know that you're not in front of the computer, so it's a little bit tough for you to read yeah. it. But uh, try to do that. So we start with Mr. Y, okay? Yeah, certainly. So uh, you're on with Mordechai and Herb Nissen. Hey, thank you for taking my call. We really enjoy your program. Um, I had a question in regard to being assertive. I find that I have trouble doing that in a mentalist way. Let's just say it again regarding which part? Regarding being assertive. Being assertive. You know, being course. assertive. Interacting with other people and when, when I need to stand up for myself. I find that I can't do it in a mental way. Either I get too emotional or, or I just, you know, um, can't figure out how to do it in a way that, you know, that in a calm way, but, but at the same time standing up for myself. Good. Can we try an example? Because I'd like to do it. We can do it together. Okay. We can also sure. do it with I, have, I mean, I have plenty of examples, unfortunately. Sure. <laughs> I find it happening to myself a little too much. We'll do a role play with sure. people, and this way people can listen. Sure. Okay. So, so like, for example, let's say a worker comes to my home and or actually doesn't come to my home because, you know, he had committed. Uh, I paid him a lot of money for a certain thing. And uh, I call him on the phone. And, no, I don't get the menschlichkeit that I think that's proper. And, um, you know, so either I find myself getting too emotional about it or, you know, or just giving up. So, for example, I will, I will call and I'll say, you know, um, the person, you know, didn't keep their commitment. So, you know, so what, what would be the, you know, a mental response to that? Excellent. So this is something that Harvin Nissen deals with every day. He is a manager of employees. Harvin Nissen, how do you deal with it? Okay. I, I must be like answering phones and doing stuff. So let's go ahead and I'd like to try a role play. What would you want to first tell the employee, the, the worker, let's say? I would like to say that what he did is unacceptable. Uh, because you know he didn't he didn't keep his word, and um, you know and you know be able to say that in a way that's menschlich, but but getting the point across that it's you know not acceptable. Let's go ahead. So I will first try that on you. Let's assume I asked you to install a closet, and we agreed on a certain price and a certain timing, and it's three months later and it's still not done yet. All right. Mm -hmm. Sounds like mm -hmm. a good example. Yeah, perfect. All right, so I would like you to be the employee, and I will be, let's say, you, the one that's calling up. So I would go, hello, Mr. Closet Builder. How are you doing? Hi, good, thanks. Baruch Hashem. Wonderful. Let me ask you, is everything all right by you? Is everything working out by you? Is there anything going on? Yeah, yeah. We've uh, been so, very busy. All right, so let me ask you something. When we set up to do a certain project, do you remember what we made up that we're going to go It'll be done in two weeks. I'll pay you X amount. Do you remember that? Yeah, I've just been very busy. I didn't get to it yet. I'll call okay. you when it's so when, when I get a chance. I need my job done. We committed to a date. It's still not done yet. And I want you to know, as of now, I'm already disappointed and upset. But the focus is not that much my emotion right now for getting the job done. And then we're going to go deal with it. I'm really disappointed. We made up with something. I want you to realize I like you. You're a nice person. But... The issue is right now two things. A, I'm disappointed because I wanted something done, and B, the job still isn't done. Stop there. 
how do you feel when you hear that? Do you hear me ripping you apart? Do you hear me making you feel like you're two cents, like you're worthless? Do you hear me say you're incompetent, you're a fool? Will you just hear me say, I'm disappointed. There was an expectation that we agreed with. And first, I want the job done. And after, we're going to deal with my emotions, which you have a right to get an apology along those lines and other stuff. Mm. So first, how does that sound to you? It sounds, uh, the cover, it sounds, sounds nice. Excellent. So now I'd like you to actually do it to me. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm now the Mr. Closet, man. Call me up. And the reason why I notice I asked, is everything okay by you? Are things working out? Because sometimes there could be something going on by someone that the business is falling apart, someone isn't well, or something like that. So you, it doesn't mean that you need to change. You could tell them, still tell them, wow, now I feel so bad with what's happening in your life, but I have an important need right now because I need my closet done, so can you get someone else? That's a separate issue. But if there isn't, you have a right to demand. Remember, you're going to say what the commitment was, you're disappointed, and that the focus is first the job. Go ahead. Now try it on me. Hi. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Thank you for calling. Do you have more business for me? Well, that's what I called about. Um, you, uh, we had a commitment. You're, you're giving me a commitment that you're going to install my closet, and you didn't come yet. Absolutely. Oh, it's, I'm telling you I'm coming. I have five people walking every day. You're on top of my list, and just other things happen. So uh, by tomorrow, it should be done, Mr. Shem. <laughs> uh, well, I need it done now because that was our commitment. I can I, do it right I, I now. Hope you're but, doing uh, okay. I hope you're doing okay. Weeks. I'm but telling I need you, it done two now. weeks will be done. Yeah, I, but I need it done now. And I hope you're doing okay, and I hope you're feeling all right. But that was our commitment. We could take care of my feelings another time, but I need it to get done. Why are you getting so tough? Come on. We're, we're, we're doing everything is okay. Everything is just not on time that you need it. It'll be done. So within two weeks, you'll have it. <laughs> that's exactly the way it goes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> now, that's why I was playing it tougher. Uh-huh. The secret when you're being assertive is very interesting. It's a simple trick. You just repeat your words because that's exactly how they play you. Mm-hmm. So I'd like you to repeat the words, but there was a commitment done, and I need it done within the next day or two. So when are you coming? Just repeat your words. But I need, I have my commitment, we committed. It's already overdue, and I'm a priority. The, those are the words you just repeat over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Just do it. So go ahead. So in two weeks, Mr. Shem, you're going to have it done. Just repeat it gently but assertively what your position is, what's your need. And don't think, don't, you don't have to worry. One of the issues when people lose their assertiveness is when you try to make the other person's judgment. You just repeat, this is what I need done now because you committed. Go ahead. Just repeat that co- sentence over and over. There was a so commitment. Just saying, in two weeks, it'll be done. Relax. We're friends. We know each other. We've done so much business together. There was a commitment, and I need it done. Oh, now you're changing your whole tone on me. Come on. You know what it is. Things are going, Baruch Hashem, I'm making fun of so Just go, give me, I'm telling you, two weeks, max four weeks, max. Yes, it was a commitment, but I need it done the next two days. Okay, okay, give me a week, just one week. It was a commitment, I need it done the next two days. Now you're being not flexible. You're not supposed to be understanding for another. I'm making Parnosa. I promise you I want to do it. My main employee was late. The other employee had a, had a heart attack. He died. He had Tchiasamesim, and his cat left him, and now the dog that he's trying to jog is causing him heart attack. So I just don't have the people. I'm sorry. There was a commitment that I needed done the next two days. Okay, I hear you. You know you're being very inflexible. I, it's not going to be done. Sorry. Just repeat. Just repeat. You got to figure it out. You made the commitment. I want it done. Just repeat. You made the commitment. I want to have it done. Excellent. How do you feel now? Whether it's going to get done or not, how do you feel when you can repeat yourself over and over and get the message done? Get the Much message better clear. and more calm. That's right. And you'll see how when people, most people are not as tough as I was. Just because it's a role play, so I'm able to play it longer and harder. But they usually, after you repeat something, know that's about six times. There are different studies where I read that the human mind will fight things six times or it takes six times till the mind gets it. There's connection to people six. There's a lot to the number six. Be prepared to repeat over and over. And you could even enter the words. We'll do it one more time, the role play. I'm disappointed in you. I'm hurt by you not having it done. 
or there was a commitment I expected it of you. Now I want it done in two days or in a day, whatever it is. Okay, mm-hmm. put in the emotion of being disappointed. It grounds it. So go ahead. So we'll try it one more time. Hi, Chaim. What do I have the pleasure of your call? I'm calling because you didn't install my closet yet. I hope you're doing okay, but you had it. we had a commitment, and I expect to have it done. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, you're top of my list. I just had this major big deal that had to get done, and it just couldn't get done. All my employees, and this one took off, so it's now, Merit Hashem, within the next three weeks, you're going to have your top priority. You're the nicest man in the world. Yes, there was a commitment, and I need to have it done the next two days. I'm very disappointed, but there is a commitment that I need you to have it done. It's going to be very hard for me it's in two days. I need at least two weeks. I'm sorry. There was a commitment, and I need you to keep your commitment, and I need you to come in the next two days. Is there anything else I could work it out with you? I, I, I can't. It's very hard. Two days. You're not being flexible. You're not being understanding. You know, time. you're such Mr. Y. You're such an understanding man. You're, you're turning into I never knew this about you. Your family is such a nice family. What's going on with you? Are you under a lot of pressure, Mr. White? I'm sorry, but we had a commitment, and I need you to keep your end of the commitment. I need you the to come. The commitment was, I have it ready two years ago, so I'm only two years late. What's the big pressure? I'm sorry, we had a commitment, and I'm feeling disappointed that you couldn't keep your end of the commitment. I need to have it done the next two days. Okay, I really hear you. So you're saying you really need it done the next two days? Yes. Okay, I'm going to send someone over or Blina to right away. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Now, I want you to realize this conversation means nothing. What it means is you're going to call him up tomorrow morning. Hi, him. Where are you? When are you guys coming? You'll do the same thing. You committed yesterday and the commitment will be there. Now make the second phone call because that's what's needed. You want something, you've got to be on top of that. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Now make the next phone call. The reason why I'm giving you so much fear time is because this is a major difficulty story that people have in the role play that I'm doing with you. People will hear it, and they will learn, and they'll be able to practice it. We're not attacking. We're not screaming. We're not doing negative things to the person you are repeating over and over, and you're allowed to acknowledge your emotions and your anger and your pain. Excellent. So go ahead. Now you're calling me the next day. Okay. Hi. Um we had a commitment that you were going to come and install my closet, and you didn't come when you were supposed to, and we had a commitment that I need to have it done in the next two days. Yes, I told you I'll do it. Why are you calling me 9 o'clock in the morning? I'll do what I told you in the next two days. Why are you pushing me? Oh, we had I a commitment. The answer is because yeah. it took you two months that you're running late. I want to make sure it's happening today. What time are your employees coming? Mm-hmm. Now, what time will I call you again to follow up when they're here? Do that. Now you're going to repeat that the whole time. Because you haven't kept your commitment so far, and I need to know when your employees are coming. Oh, now you're becoming a nudnik. Now you're really not trusting me. That's not nice of you. I'm telling you it's not nice. You're pushing me. You're getting me tense. You're getting me nervous. You know something? I'm not going to bring my workers if you're treating me like this. Then I'm not paying you. <laughs> no, no, no. Just repeat your words. I'm no, sorry, we've had a, commitment. We had a commitment. Just commitment. tell me, I'm just repeat. I want to know when your guys are coming. That's what we're here for. I want to know when your guys are coming. You could go, it's not a matter of trust. It's not a matter of like, not liking. I just need to know when are the guys coming today. So give me a time, and if they're not here at the time, I will call you up and follow up. Go ahead, do that. I need to know when your guys are coming, and if they don't come, I'm going to have to call you back to follow up. Excellent. Oh, okay, good. Now, this is what you're going to do. You'll get a time, you're going to follow up. Now, he's going to tell you, you know, you're like, you know, you're bothering me. You just call, you get the job done. Mm-hmm. Got it? Yeah, thank you so and much. And this is healthy, this is normal, this is part of Derech Olam. I once spoke to a friend of mine that had a great job, and it's a hard business, no one ever wants to be there, in the collection agencies. And they tell me it always helps, no matter what the person says about you, first get the money, be assertive, repeat yourself, get the money. And then you can start handling with other stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you can start, I'm upset, I'm disappointed. Then you can go, hey, Chaim, you're my best friend. You got the job done, and he understands it because he pushed you off. He knows he deserves it. It's just Darius Oilam. Even if he threatens after that, once the job is done, he'll be your best friend. Yeah. 
You put me in a spot because I am the other side. I am the contractor. And <laughs> yeah, I even asked you to be the one. Yeah, and you're on the other line picking up um, the person from Israel, exactly. Yeah, so Which is what we said is you have employees and you've got good. Let's go ahead and do our business side right now. So I, basically, yeah, go ahead. Basically, uh, the customer is right, but many times, you know, unfortunately, again, if I have some problem, I tell you the truth, as I said, I, I call the customer, I said, listen, I have problem, please be patient. We have this, especially when the timing, it's like everybody is running and trying to get the day before the holidays and before, you know, like at days that everybody is running after air condition. So I've said, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I cannot run. I don't have any choppers. I don't have a crew of 100 people, you know. I am a single man. So I just, that's what I'm saying, you know. But uh, many times, many times, as, as the, you know, we always said both that coin has two-sided. And uh, unfortunately, we find that the both sides, and sometimes, uh, sometimes one side is not so flexible and understanding. And that's what they're coming. The, the, but you're right about being assertive. And many times I find that uh, a lot of my friends are not fair with the clients. And I find also the clients not fair with the, with the contractors. So this is something that I cannot be subjective about it. Actually, I think you're very objective on this. So let's clarify. Because this person's call was that there was someone he got to do a job or something, and the person is completely like ignoring him, not doing the job. So, what Mr. said is, I really appreciate what he said, because he's giving two sides of the coin, so we have the whole picture, which is saying, if you do, if you agree with someone on a on a let's say a contract on timing, we all know that we can't predict the future. Things can go wrong. Plans get uphold. Employees do actually get sick or don't come. There are because things happen. That's the reality. But if the person, like the contractor, like this is saying, is a mensch and calling up and saying, look, things got delayed because of certain issues. It's yuntive. There are many things. It was a major heat wave. And all of a sudden, like a lot of the air conditioners go down, it makes sense if the person says that to be understanding. And here we have to be understanding. Is that your question, Mr. Y, where the person's apologizing? No, no not so much. Because I can understand that. That wouldn't make me you know, feel emotional about it. It's the fact that they're not being airless. And then not keep Give me an example. So share, let's say, some more of the story, because I feel that uh, this information oh, well, was well, so Let's say, for example, a contractor. Not Nisim, of course. He's said, But someone, let's say, if they weren't Erlich about something, they told me that they were going to, they gave me a date, that they were going to do something. And, you know, and they, you know, just didn't keep their word. They didn't explain themselves. They didn't call ahead of time. Uh, or, you know, or, for example, like, you know, they were going to, something was completely, um, you know, broken about what the what the people had installed, but they weren't Ehrlich and didn't return my calls. They didn't, you know, you know, they were, they were acting so in a, a way that wasn't Ehrlich. That example. What would you say to that example? Where they're not Ehrlich, they're not returning his calls, they're not wanting to fix their responsibilities that they didn't take care so, of. I, I would say first of all to check before when you when you're taking somebody, you know, and I want to tell you what the the this other side of the the coin. We have sure, three sides, the and the side the side information we're able to. When we understand the other person, we can understand. We can okay. know the, how to relate to him on a better level. Many times, it's also the finance. You take a job because you know some people are taking a job underestimate, and starting up the job or and suddenly regret. You know they don't, they cannot finish it. We saw it so many times that the people find a metzia. A guy that's going to tear apart all the house and put it for two dollars and everything is will be with promises is done beautiful. But when he started the katachles and he take the 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 the, 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 the 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 first payment and the second payment and suddenly the, it it doesn't he cannot finish. And I'm not blaming him because he you know I I blaming him because he, he underestimate and it's happened. It's happened that if he's Erlach, if if he's is is a mensch. He will say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I underestimated this. Either I give you back the money and take, find somebody else and do, you know, whatever. But this is the problem. We see it so many times in the field that people are jumping on the, on, on, on the feds. You know, oh, he's giving me such a good price, uh, you know. And then it's not such a good price. And he starts breaking the wall. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand it. This is not, this, you know, it's happened. It's happened to us because we don't have an extra eyes. We don't have any any things to to see what to, what behind our wall of floors. 
but it has to be, uh, I tell you, many times I speak with uh, customers and people that are calling me to advise them, said, I always paint the picture black in the beginning. Because listen, you have to face this and this and this. Could be this, it will be wrong. Could be that this piping will be bad. And it's happened. But this is something that you have to be as a customer also to be very highly educated about it. You don't go buy a, a, buy a suit from a certain store without checking if it's if it's 100% wool, if it's not, who is the designer, what can even a tie you, you buy with, with kind of, but you buy to, uh, you go to the house and suddenly you, oh, you become a chuchem. Oh, I found this guy so cheap. And that's it. And I have many, many stories about it. It's not I a story. It's that. That's unbelievable because I have that as well. People come to me. I thought it will be two months of therapy or three months of therapy, but then we uncover a whole new subject or a whole new issue that explodes at the end, and then it's longer. And by me, it's like, okay, you want to stop? We could always stop. But a contractor, you're, you're stuck because they pay you at the end, and if the job the price just changed and it went up because something is whatever they want different appliances or something isn't matching or you have to redo something that that has to be taken into account and in sales especially in sales people underestimate the price or the quote this way they'll get the deal and then they have to start right raising the price because that's just sales unfortunately yeah this is very happen a lot of time because you know people want to get the job and you have uh, some impression in the field let the job create itself and yeah. they, they don't worry warn the, the the customers they don't let the people understand what is going on what going on. i prefer a very very educated customers that understand all the process and everything and i'm trying to to teach my, 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 my customers about it. And if this I is... The, add, though, at the end of the day, a commitment is a commitment. Let me ask you, let me ask you something. Let's say I even paid. Okay. I paid a big, you know, a, a big chalik of what, okay. what was supposed to be done. You know, I feel bad, but a word is a word. Yeah, but let me... Okay, this is this something that is going to be... This is a question about... Uh, let me ask you something. You, you expect... Uh, uh, and this is the, the, the... I would say the misleading, the old issue. You expect to, go, to buy a $2,000 vehicle and go to find a Lexus? No, no, no. I'm talking about paying, you know, good quality. I'm not talking about, about you know, uh, getting a Messiah. I'm okay, so I said, are, so you, know, you fall, you fall. Don't have the direct heret, okay, uh, so you fell, you, you know, fell, you to, fell to on. A, with their customers. No, so you fell in 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 a bad contract, in a bad balmelucha. Uh, I I cannot call it, you know, understand? It's happen, it's happen, unfortunately. But Lemaisa, if the buyer is it's going to be assertive, he'll get like the job said, done. He's not. He, the the person the Balmulacha didn't call him up to apologize or anything like that. The Balmulacha is like ignoring him. Like you're just like if someone would explain to you, look, the price is more, things changed. Even if there is a commitment, you're right, and then they might finish it, they might not, then you might get a cheap job after. There's a lot of things that might happen. But at least the person is working with you, discussing it with you, hear the issues. The person is not even discussing it. Okay, thank you. So we'll go from. Uh... Mrs. K from Israel. Okay, we've got Mrs. K from Israel. So no, one second, one second. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And once again, we see how special it is having our mission here, being able to give us perspective the other side of the of the coin, which is fantastic. Thank you for that. Okay, we. Uh, me, I'm sorry, the Mrs. F. I'm sorry, Mrs. F. Uh, Mrs. F. Sorry, hi. Mrs. F. from Israel. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Good yes, morning. Hello. Well, good evening. I don't know what uh, I have to say. First of all, uh, I think I we can tell you good morning. morning. I think it's after you yes, know almost, almost uh, morning. Right. Right. Thank you so much. I think thank you is too little to say for all what you do for Cloud Israel. I feel very emotionally and uh, really brave that I took the time to stay aware and not stay up so, so late. I'm almost a year that I hear your programs and all the shiurim, and I was also uh, part of the parenting workshop. It wasn't my Thank first you. and not my second and not my third workshop for parenting that I took. 
and I, Baruch Hashem, me and my husband together, we are in this, in the Chinuch field, working, and, you know, for years, but this was really amazing, I gained so much from this, and also what what made me call now is the awareness that happens to be now about the BPD, maybe I called too late, um, I accepted the question that I also have, but the BPD was very, 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 uh, something that opened me and gave me a lot of chizuk and encouragement, um, things that I thought for years that, like, like you said, and it's correct, that people don't understand people who are victims from children, uh, children from parents that went through, you know, that kids, uh, children with BPD and their kids suffered. People are, like, judging them and telling why they disconnect from parents and all those things. We have, we have our family that might, we feel that. I always felt that the worst thing it could be in the world is uh, codependent people in a severe, severe level. Mamas, you can say that they are builders from big institutions for chesed and colleagues where I don't want to talk about things that they build in the world because people know them and very, very, uh, you know, people will give them a lot of covet for all those things. But they fell in with one of their kids with a BPD woman. And for years, for years, they sent this, their son for help and whoever discovered the therapist on the for top, top line, whoever discovered the weakness and recognized uh, and all the top, top workers in those fields uh, that she has BPD, so she managed to meet a cheyram on her husband. She, she shouldn't be able to get any connection. She threw away books and tapes from people who helped in doctors, non-doctors, that wanted to make him stronger and we all suffer till now from, from the kids and, you know, it's my brother. And Baruch Hashem, he decided, he separated everything and Baruch Hashem remarried today. But now we have to deal with the kids, you know, how to build them. They should be healthy, you know, they start getting married. And it's a lot, a lot of work. He's putting in a lot of effort and money and koiches to see his children healthy. Now, people around see that they get married and they, didn't, they don't even want their mother to, to see the any class, you know, the grandchildren and anything. And people around are talking and, you know, why are they so mean, the kids? And Rokhashem be happy. They survive and they try to juggle and build themselves and everything. And, you know, people around are, don't understand it. And I was always telling for my parents that they are managed codependent in a very, very severe level. That this is the worst thing that could happen. Codependent people to get in involved, someone with such a big, big, severe, severe BPD problem. So I really thank you for bringing up this issue and the awareness. I have one problem that our family, the kids who have to hear it, are only knowing it. And uh, I really want to ask if maybe you know somebody who has such a line in, in Hebrew also. They don't understand the English language. Wow, well, you have the source of being on the line with Rav Nissen. Rav Nissen is what makes jradio.com happen. So maybe let's see if we can get some therapist with someone that he knows that will do this program in Hebrew. I'm sure we've got lots of Hebrew listeners. and uh, I they feel can do that. from the beginning that his kids need to hear it. They should get chizuk. And because we don't talk open with his kids, nothing about your mother. We never, never spoke against her, nothing. You know, I was so happy to hear that there is no therapist who says for kids, who could tell for kids, disconnect from your parents. I was so no happy one, No therapist told her to disconnect. Let, let me clarify. Let's, let's, since you're bringing up this topic of borderline of BP zero, so let me explain to you and, and to everyone listening what we're discussing and what she's talking from experience. While it might make sense to, to some, Let's create the awareness and the understanding. It's unbelievable what the topic is. There is a diagnosis, and I must say there are different levels of it, because there are severe, severe, and then there are people that have touches of it, which is difficult being around with them. Then you have people that are children of BPD, which they still have many of the traits, and they might have some of the criteria, but not all of them, but still dealing with them. When they have difficult times is, is hard. So let me clarify and say that we're talking about severe. These are wonderful people on the inside. 
means they care, they love people, they're creative, and they're smart. On the other hand, they don't have tools how to deal with stress or how to deal with difficulties. So the minute they are stressed, the minute there's difficulties, or they can't deal with it, so the natural reflex, what the brain does is several points. One of them is we blame and we shift the, to the other person. So we see what the other person did wrong and why we have the problem. So if not for that person, then we wouldn't have had the problem. So let's give an example. If, let's say, they were cooking, they didn't put anything away, then there were ants there, and all of a sudden whatever they cooked or baked isn't good. Now, instead of saying, Oy vey, I have problems, I don't know how to be organized, when I, this is the fifth or sixth time that it's happened, and no one's eating it, or the people don't like it, or people don't want to come to my house because of my cooking, my cleaning habits, what they would do is they'll be blaming their son or their daughter or their husband. Don't you see that I'm cooking and I'm baking and I'm doing everything that you can't know on your own to put everything away? Then, if you put things away and you don't put it away the right way when they need it or they didn't realize that they don't have that ingredient, it's again the other one's fault. Don't you know that if something is empty or finished, you should be telling me that the milk or whatever it is, the chocolate or whatever that we've done is now empty? So what happens is because they don't know how to deal with a pain or with, or with emotion or with a problem, they, number one, they blame and they shift it onto everyone else. Another thing is because the house isn't functioning that well because they're missing some skills on how to run whatever their job is, there's always a problem in their job. They're yelling and they're nervous and they're tense, which means they're smart, they're caring. So for the whole world, they could be amazing, wonderful people. But where there's the word responsibility, like do something consistently over and over, they can't handle it and they can yell, they can scream. They will make fights between people. That's one of their talents. And unfortunately, when they have it long enough, they now get blind that they don't see, they really do not see the other side. They do not see that it's their job to clean up as well. Now, you can ask someone for help, but it's not the person's job to do it. Now, because many times BPD have such a weak self-esteem within, they feel so worthless that they love helping others where they'll get credit or they'll get compliments, but they don't like doing things that they have to because then there's no compliments in it. Plus, the word consistency is hard on them. So they're always like someone that's hungry. No matter what you give them, they need more and more and more. So when you're finally complimenting you, now they'll leech onto you. And they're going to start sharing with you all their problems. And remember, they're always the victim. And unfortunately, the reform for BPD, learning to recognize that I'm the problem, I'm missing some skills, Yes, it might be other people's fault that other people didn't help me, but the focus is what do I need to do, and they're usually not able to do that. Now, this is a, a gentle one. Now, I'm not giving the diagnosis for BPD. I'm not telling anyone what to look for, just starting to create an awareness. Now, the pain that happens is in order for a house like this to survive, usually the husband, if he is the other side, or let's say it's the other way, the wife is the quiet one, while the husband's the one that always gets angry, it's never his fault. So you can even have a case where a husband loses his key, and it's everyone else's fault where the key is. Well, it's very simple. You changed your pants. It's still in the old pants. But instead of recognizing it, it'll always be someone else's fault. So now in order for such an unhealthy dynamic to continue, you usually need the husband or the wife to be stuck, always giving in, thinking, if I will be quiet, the Shalom Bayes will get better. Then my husband or my wife will be easier. It's really not my fault, but if I'm going to say anything, my husband or wife might yell more and it might affect the kids. Or we just had three, four good days. If I say anything, it's going to be horrible. So let her yell at me now or let him yell at me now. And hopefully after he gets it out, we'll have another three, four good days. So this is a lot of the way that they're thinking. So codependent is now the person that says, I know what I want. I know what's healthy, but if I actually face it, if I tell the person no, then there could be a bigger explosion, a bigger fight. And they're right, by the way. When you stand up to someone that has a personality disorder, they will elevate the level of intensity of anger, of attack. They're not embarrassed calling anyone out there. They're not embarrassed calling people you respect, Ravonim, family members to get their way. And all they see is their pain. And most importantly, which is a problem, is since they have a distorted view of pain, they will lie. They might not mean to lie, but it's their perception. 
Now, codependent people know that they, they believe that by me being quiet, by me giving in, this will not help the situation. What they don't realize is it only makes it worse. It doesn't allow the BPD to ever get better. It continues to reinforce. You see how the person even admits that they're wrong. And the person doesn't have to go for therapy because everyone is busy cleaning up their mess. The only time therapy starts, I shouldn't say the only time, one of the, one of the main ways that things changes when someone starts changing the pattern. Now, let's take it to the kids. Let's assume the father's always quiet, so he runs away. He's not home that much. The mother's got the BPD. Or the other way around, the father's got BPD and the mother's always quiet. But the father's going to get angry. So what happens is one of the kids or several of the kids are now going to start helping mother clean. When father gets upset, they're going to try to like, tell mother, you go to another room. They learn that in order to survive, I need to start becoming the parent. I need to tell my mother what to do. I need to tell my father, relax, it's okay. I'll wear with the kids. You don't get upset. Tell the mother, I'll do homework with the kids. Just don't yell. I'll do the cooking. I'll do the baking. You just stay calm. I'll clean up. And what happens is the way of life, codependent people start thinking, I'm good. I'm a good I'm going to get scarred for that. And again, I'm not mm-hmm. here to judge if yes or no. All we do know is you need a rub involved to tell you because sometimes you mm-hmm. need to set boundaries or many times you need to set boundaries. So we're just creating an awareness how codependence started. Codependence starts from people that are looking to create harmony in the house. They're looking to get a little bit of love from their parents. They're looking to get the house to stay calm that other kids should not be damaged. And maybe they'll even get a thank you. And usually it's the other way around. Those that are codependent get blamed, get angry, get attacked. Now let, let's even share some of this. We're over here above making beautiful programs. He's got so many programs working on jrootradio.com. So much. It's, I'm sure, and people but if we go to the amount of times that people criticize, it's that hard as well. It means when you're going to try to help and you try, you're thinking by helping, you're going to get the calmness and be okay. You need to be aware that it's likely not to happen. It's the other way around. And what happens is you stop having the light. That means even when those codependent kids get married, they're still worried about mommy and papi, and they're not building their marriage. They're still worried about how can we keep the house calm when it comes to a wedding that mommy or papi shouldn't get into a fight with anyone else. And now they're busy spending hours telling your brother says, just be nice to her or to him. Just invite them. Just give them the covet. And again, you need a rub involved with this all the time when it's appropriate, when it's not. How, when, you, when giving in keeps the illness getting more, getting more intense and worse, and sometimes setting a boundary is helping. And there's the famous Gemara that it learns out from Shlomo Melech's son, Rathom, that Basically, when he was anointed, when he was anointed king, the, the ten shvatim disconnected from him, and two, two shvatim stayed with him. And what happened was they were complaining that taxes is too much. And Shlomo Melech's advisors were telling him, "Listen, first give in to the people. Let the people love you and respect you as a king. Once you got the respect as a king, then you'll set the boundaries." So they're explaining there's a time you give in, and there's a time you set the boundaries. And he had young advisors. They said, "No, you better show the." people, how strong you are. You're even a stronger king than Shlaim Amalek. And the Gemara, and unfortunately what happened was 10 Shvatim pulled off, and they went to Yeravim ben Nevat, and only 2 Shvatim stayed with him. So the Gemara uses a Lashen that when older people tell you to destroy, it's really building, and when young people tell you to build, it's really destroying. So it's giving an example. When the old people told them to give in, like break your ego, it's not breaking, it's really building. You're building people to love you, and then you're going to set the boundary. And when young people tell you, build, 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 no, 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 there are times you have to be balanced. There are times you have to be, times you have to give in. And that's the same thing with codependents and family members of BPD. Of course there's a time to give in, but there's a time to give in and a way to give in. And for that, you need a therapist and that pyro working together. So we've created a huge awareness now for the BPD and for the children of the BPD to be aware that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. things get worse. It and the mental so disorders and families of where one parent has BPD is tremendous. Anxiety, depression, we got BPD, codependence, fears. It's scary what happens there because they don't have the ability how to calm themselves and to have a position. What do you say to all this? First of all, I, I want to say that uh, and this is one of the longest texts that we got in the beginning. And yeah. uh, the answer, the, the question is also uh, what you're doing with your sibling, if you're trying to help or not. And you know, let's go ahead and let's.
let's read the question because I'd like you to answer this because I didn't have an answer and I know we discussed maybe we should read it. Let me read it and I'm going to share with everyone how the question is so much more complicated to answer. So the question is like this. Hi, all right. Hi, Rabbi Weinberger and Rabbi Regarding questions on the 325, which is where I had that program, I heard you talk about the children of BPD parents. Although my father doesn't have BPD, he most definitely has some sort of personality disorder. Although I know you didn't mean to hurt anyone, I got triggered when you said the sons of BPD's father. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, this is a different one. Okay, let's no, no, this, this first one. Okay, the first one is the... Without Nisim, dear Rabbi Weinberger, please read the question. I'm married. Oh, yeah. Please read my question. I am married. Coming from a lot of trauma. According to the professionals, LMSW, my parents are behaving like BPD. The mother more. My younger sister ages, ranges between 12 and 16, is living in the same is living the same life as I did. I can't understand how I remained normal. There's no way to help out. Only if I involve the school to demand them to go for help. Please tell me, am I allowed to tell the school? Do I have to let the school know about it? How can I help my sister? Or would you say, stay out? Don't try telling the school. If someone would would done it to me, I would highly appreciate it. I tried finding her a therapist, but my mother saw it and won't be good for her. So she said, it's bad hashkafas. Please, and there's exclamation mark. Please, again, exclamation mark. Tell me what... Tell me what you advise me to do. I'll be listening tonight to your program. I left out a lot of details because I don't want people to, I don't know where to start and I don't have an end. Please read the text, the messages going over and over. And they've sent this message last week and sent it again. And I, I'd like you to understand that this program is meant for awareness. That means I can't tell you what to do. You're asking the most serious of life and death questions here, emotional life and emotional death being in such a house. And you need that tire over here because are you realizing that whatever you do, you're going to get yelled at? Means if you go to the school, the school's going to find out. Your sister might say thank you, but your sister might be different than you, and she might be so upset you embarrassed me. Your sister might start the therapist, and your parents might tell the sister, don't you ever speak to the therapist. This, this, your parents might call up the school and say, my daughter, let's say I'm assuming it's to you because you're a girl, I'm assuming that my daughter makes up stories, my daughter doesn't need therapy, and your mother or father can't tell your sister, don't say a word to the therapist, say how good the family is, it's classic what BPD does, and then you're going to end up being the one that's going to be yelled at and shouted out from everyone. But let's say you don't say anything, you're going to be walking around with a guilt. Programs when we deal with BPD are the, only the family members because in my sense we purposely don't deal with BPD because whenever you deal with BPD they always attack you. You're always the worst one, the horrible one, and you need process. You need there's a lot till they finally go for help. So the suggestion that we always say on this program is please you yourself have to go for therapy to be at ease to be able to accept that you can't always help everyone. And when you are ready to take a stand, to be ready to be attacked and blamed and to have the inner peace. Now, listen, what do you say to this? And then we're going to hear from Mrs. F from Israel because she's living in this situation. I'd like to hear if what I'm saying makes sense or if it's um, being so hard and so tough and just talking out of what... I, th I, think, I think that's the most, you know, the most thing that, you know, we said so much that first of all, you have to be strong and build yourself and then you can help your sister. I would say, the, if, let's say that you don't involve the, the schools, but first of all, you just try to help your sister out I mean, to, to give them the awareness about it. And they can they go and try it in the school system. Maybe they can find a therapist in the school. Maybe they talk with the mora, with the mechanechet, with the rabbi over there. And slowly, slowly give them the, uh, uh, the other point of view of what, what they're sitting in, you know, where they're staying is. But it's very important that you, number one, knows how to deal with all these uh, issues. And, and this is where the all awareness about it. You know, can we read the message that he sent me? A little of the attack, and let me show people now how sensitive children of BPDs are. Let me clarify what I said and listen to this message in a nice way for how I'm being attacked. So let, let me just let me share with you the information that I said and how someone's interpreting it. They sent me this message on, like, my personal line where people send messages, and they're sending it now to this program. So let me just clarify in short, because I want to read the message and then... Uh, maybe you can defend me and just 
you know, give me a little compliment because I feel when I get those messages over and over. So you don't easy. have to read it. I, I will give you the compliment before this. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm, I'm saying this on air because people don't realize that when you get negative messages over and over and over, it does have an effect. And one of the ways I deal with it is I share it with someone and then I just need the validation that I understand their pain. But I just need to hear that I made sense. Let me just clarify. We're discussing BPD, and someone asked the question, I don't get it. Why are my sister-in-law so affected by a mother that's BPD when my husband, which was the son, wasn't so affected? So I clarified and I said as follows, that many times when a mother has BPD, it will affect the daughters more because the daughters are around her more. And when the father has, let's say, a narcissist personality, a personality disorder by a father, It can sometimes affect the boys more because the boys have to go with the father to show when the fathers have the fights or they can't when they go to Tish or when they go learning anywhere, the fathers learn with them, the fathers speak survey. The father will put more time on a boy. The girls will put more on a girl. So you also have to be aware that it, depending, it depends, A, the child's nature, of course. You could have a boy that's more sensitive to a mother or a daughter that's more sensitive to a son. But you can't compare boys to girls, and it depends who has the personality disorder. That's what I said. Now I'm going to read to you a message. This person has sent me several times, and I'll send it to her on this one. Hi, everybody. Wondering. Regarding the, the question of the program 3.5, where I had the woman discuss over here about asking about her sister-in-laws and brother-in-law, I heard you talk about children of BPD parents. Although my father doesn't have BPD, he most definitely has some sort of personality disorder. I you, although I know you didn't mean to hurt anyone, I got triggered when you say sons of BPD's fathers get hurt more than the girls and vice versa. Is a daughter. I'm the oldest in my family. My definitely got affected. I see my wonderful licensed therapist twice a week as well as DBT group. My therapist also has strongly recommended medication for anxiety and depression so that I can... Sorry, the rest of the message didn't come through. And basically the person is so hurt that I, that I said that a, a son will get more affected by a father and a mother will get... A daughter will get more affected by the daughter. I didn't say you're not affected. I didn't say you don't need therapy. I didn't say that there isn't a lot of trauma going on. All I said was that we can't compare boys to girls, depending on where it is, why your husband got less traumatized. I explained why boys can be out of the house more by girls, and that's it. And I get many such messages since I have that program. I've got maybe hundreds of messages thanking me, but I've also gotten so many people like so offensive, taking hurt, like this is one of them, but I got several times over and over how insulted they are that I dare say that girls are less affected than boys if it's a father. I, I, Now, I, did I say something wrong? Did I attack? Did I say that they don't get any pain at all? Did I, I say that they don't have any hurt? Unfortunately, some people, you know, or most of us, Don't like to hear the, the in between the lines. You, you know, the things that we, we're talking about here, it's awareness. And yes, definitely, if you turn statistics, you're going to boys more than girls. And I'm, I'm not, but it doesn't say, you they never mentioned that the girls not in the affected at all or the opposite. This is something that, uh, not only this, also the, the daughter-in-law and son-in-law can be affected dramatically because the Thank family, you. the family Thank of... You. I didn't even mention any of this, You know, this this is can be disaster. That they did a mother, a mother or a parent with with a disorder can destroy a life of a young couple. You know, and 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 you know, this is something that happen every day, and people don't mm-hmm. talk about it. You know, a young couple get you know married, love, and everything, and then suddenly uh, he or she mm-hmm. found that the parents-in-law are a little bit cuckoo, and and what happened? Now all the, the, the family, all, uh, the f- air fam- his family, her family on the shoulder of this young couple, and what are they doing? That's right. Excellent said, that's right. And we're not knocking away the pain of, a, of the son and the daughter. We're just saying the son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws are also affected. And here, Mrs. F., you're calling from Israel. You're an aunt. You're a sister-in-law. Yeah. How are you affected by having a sister-in-law that has a personality disorder? I have disorder? a trauma. I, I went for a therapy because... Before I had to make my first shidduch with my son because I was traumatized from connecting to people maybe I'll be you know again in this in this thing and I was really really upset we're all we're all suffering and also about this the people uh, or complaining children 
boys or girls, we saw it by our grandchildren that they are all affected. There are some children that the boys are more than the girls. Some were depends on the nature from the children who have more uh, more votes to go out from the house, you know, and to get out ways earlier and to scream and, you know, to protest more. It's, uh, there is uh, something that helps us very much in the family. Um, there is a safer from the stifler, from uh, it's called, uh, the safer. Hey, the uh, in Parshat B'Shalach, a very nice letter from the stifler. And this made something for my codependent parents that they are not allowed to be Rachmanim Anachzorim. And this was something that really changed a little the view and gave uh, more uh, encouragement for my brother to help his children and to do what he did. And now, after I heard you talking now, I say to myself that Chochem is Adif Minavi, the things that you bring, the examples, it looks like you were in their house and you knew exactly what happened there, but the kids complained. He used to say, when I buy sweets for the kids for Shabbos, she screams why I ruined their teeth. If I brought, if I bought them salt things, you know, to, uh, more snacks, she used to scream that the salt is not good for uh, other things. You know, whatever he did wasn't good. Whenever what, when it came early, it's not good. It came late, it's okay. Whatever he did was just, it's so right. But Chacham Adif Minovi, there's no Naviim today, but for sure that you're a big, big Chacham, that you have it so, so, or you have a lot of experience that you know what's going on, and you talk like, it looks like you were there in the house, and you know everything that was going on there. I really thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for that compliment, and, and thank you for, for helping to, to create this awareness. To, to really yeah, help Kralistral, your shleach for Kralistral, I really feel that it's something that's amazing that we can gain so much. The question is if I can ask my question, or if it's already too much to wait now. Go ahead, let's finish off. I think we'll finish off yeah. the program with her. Yeah, definitely, right? that's because it's a very important uh, issue, and I, I very apologize to the listeners, uh, the, the caller that uh, is sitting on the phone, and uh, Mordechai cannot continue after nine, I guess, too. So next week, Bezat Hashem. But go yeah, ahead. Actually, yeah, yeah. So we'll stop at nine, just we'll do that. You know what? Hold on. I like doing a little a little break. We got a positive message, and that's for everyone. So I'd like to read a positive message, not about BPD, but I still would like to create the awareness about going for help and helping your Shalom Bayez. So listen to this. I stayed up to share my comments, however. I'm more than okay to text. I have three kids close in age, 15, 13, and my youngest is 11. Once my youngest was in full-day school, I found myself with my husband quite a lot. We realized that we needed help in our marriage. Baruch Hashem, my husband agreed to come with me to, to go for couples therapy and then individual therapy. This year, we sent all three of our kids to sleepaway camp. Family and friends kept on asking me, how on earth will you cope alone with your husband? This is a recipe for disaster, ending the quotation. It has been a week since my kids have left. We've had a most wonderful time together. I, and then again, the message finishes. We, I don't have the rest, um, the rest of the message, but I just want people to hear this concept, husbands and wives together is going to be fighting. It's not true. It's meant to have shalom and shalom let me, to let be me, together. Let of me course, that's... we need our own time and space, a difference from everyone. But if you work on your marriage, if you have a happy marriage, you're together, you go on vacation, a husband and a wife, what an important strength and happiness and health and what a kiddush Hashem this is when a husband and a wife can enjoy being together and not fighting. Mordechai, let me finish the, the reading the text. It's beautiful. Because uh, I give a credit to ourselves for allowing ourselves to go to help and our wonderful therapist. Looking forward for our second week together, if there wouldn't be snoot issue, I would give a nice loud announcement. Therapy is not a nebech. It's, uh, it's for those that want to have a better, healthy life. That's Beautiful. that's and a big letter. So this is therapy is not never. It's for this those that want to have a better life, healthy life. Thank you, and I want to thank whoever sent that message because it's important. I want to get it out there. Marriages are great. Marriage is beautiful. Having children is great. It's beautiful. If you have anxiety or stress, or you're not enjoying it, 
hey, stop telling other people how bad it is. It's you that's got the issue with your spouse and work it out. It's beautiful. It's highly recommended. That's why the world does it. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, it's magnificent and happy and exciting. And you see nachas and you see payers and you put in work and you pull out. And it's just beautiful. Okay, thanks for that personal message. Now go ahead, Mrs. F. from Eric Stroll. Go ahead and ask yeah, your yeah. question. we got five okay. minutes left. Um, so sorry, I'll try to make it short. I have a son that is old, almost 12 years old. He's very, very smart and mass and cute boy. Uh, he finished, he was Messiah Megillah, and he gets off the whole time from his Mashgichem and his Mwamdim uh, letters, how, you know, top, top student. He's a very, 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 very smart boy. He has great memory, Baruch Hashem. And we all enjoy him very much. Um, we have, uh, you, you heard before that we are a family that were from all sides, uh, codependent people. And he, you know, he was involved in all kinds of things that he saw that we are giving in for people, let's say people build above us, and he said yes. And, you know, he, now he has an issue in uh, when we want to help people or when we want to give for people things. He's almost crying. He has a very hard time in giving, and it's like we, for me and my husband, we feel that he's so selfish, and I really daven a lot of for him. And uh, uh, we are aware to balance the other children and him also not to give in and to be more assertive and uh, to put boundaries where people will try to, to, you know, to take advantage from them. But we feel here that he has such a Something that's dafka, you know, and let's say I have someone of the family that needs help. She has little children. My daughter likes to help her with the kids. He can't take it. Why do we have to help her? And why do we have to let the neighbors build above us and inside and this? Why do we, what, what can we, what will we gain? And we're probably, we're so um, uh, codependent people that it's hard for us to see somebody that, you know, in our family that's growing more selfish. How can we handle to make him more balanced, he shouldn't. It shouldn't be so hard for him. I'll tell you, I I'm not around my computer. There are several. Let, let's repeat your question so people can just understand it. The 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 question is: You have a 12-year-old boy, which is the cause in the family. Bar Hashem, you're good people. There's also codependent, and now you have mm-hmm. a 12-year-old son, which feels he's got to give in to a lot of people and like help everyone. It feels responsible for everything. And part of the answer to that is there's a program that I have. There are three programs I usually recommend for BPDs to listen to. In my phone line, let's say it's 718-298-2011. I did yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Right. So there's the program number nine about understanding codependence. But then there's program number 53 called Know Your Rights. So it's a section one, Know Your Rights. And that starts being the report. If you can write it down like the rights, and understand your rights. You have a right to say no. You have a right to realize that the created you to be on this world. You have a right that the wants yeah, you to be an individual. We know your thoughts and we know everything. Yeah, but but how do how do we make him more? I don't want to tell codependent, but not so selfish. No, well that's the balance. You discuss it with him. You discuss it with him. There are times you help others. There are times you help yourself. So basically, I like telling people. Try to do it 50-50. Every other time someone asks you, you say yes, but also don't have to say no. Oh. So if someone asks you, to make mm-hmm. a point to say every second time or every third time no for no reason, just to have the balance that at times I'll help you, at times I won't. We need to be able to say no. Mm-hmm. That's a, we shouldn't feel that we want to we wanna plant in, the, in, in the codependency. No, they're simple. Tell them. When someone asks you for something, you'll say yes. And at times, you, know, you can even tell me, even with me, Mommy, let's be last time. Can you please do this? You know, mommy, this is hard for me now. Okay. To practice yeah, so with him saying He likes enough. to help. He likes to help us. When it comes to some people in our neighbors or family around, cousins, uh, we want him... We want him to make... Uh, we want him to make chevra for cousins here in Tishabab. And we want him to buy him presents and prices and things. And he said, no, why, what for? Oh, no, he didn't want it. And we didn't push him because we saw that he went out against it so much. So we didn't, you know, okay. Yeah. So let's go ahead again and just understand the way you do it is you tell him, you explain to him that the Rabbani Shlomo made gavul, made balance. There's everything, there's a yes, there's got to be no. There's day, there is night. There is mm-hmm. six days of work, one day of Shabbos. 
There is life, there is death. You don't feel too much, but to everything there is a balance. And part of when you say yes, you need to be able to say no. So let's practice also saying no. If you always want to say yes, you can always say yes. But we want to practice, if you want to say no, to know how to say no. And then you do role play where you try to make him feel guilty and things like that. And I want to thank you. We've got 30 seconds left. So, Rav Nissen, what would you like to say on how to close and on this wonderful call from Eretz Roll? That's a beautiful... Thank uh, you so much. Thank you, and uh, a beautiful uh, awareness. You know, we, we get bombarding about this issue, and really, uh, I think it's... it's <laughs> if you had uh, a bigger car, so we'd sit over there another two hours. But... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Be'ezad Hashem, uh, we will next continue week, next week, yeah. next week, uh, be, with extending our, okay? And oh, Mazal yeah. Tov to the... everyone, and have a wonderful evening. Good Thanks night. Thank, Thank you. For, for staying up from Thank you. Thank you.